0: It's podcast time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, 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 <laughs> This episode of Everything About the Kitchen Sink is brought to you by Rooted Shots. You guys know what Rooted is. We've talked about it before on the podcast. So if you haven't tried them yet, I'm going to take it personally. I'm going to be personally offended that you haven't gone to RootedShots.com and tried one of their three flavors, orange strawberry, turmeric, orange ginger, black pepper, or ginger, lemon cayenne pepper. And of course I'm going to be offended because just for listening to the podcast, you get a 10% off code. It's Jimmy10, capital J, Jimmy, the number 10. Do it. Go try it. Go get your rooted shots. Let's go. They're amazing. Great to bring with you anywhere. Do it. Also, shout out to Adidas Running. Uh, They've been sending me shoes and I just got to say, if you haven't used the Pulse Boost adidas running shoes yet in your marathon training half marathon training or just daily use you're an idiot you're an idiot you should i have not been able to take them off my feet well it's not that i haven't been able to take them off my feet i've chosen to not take them off my feet they're actually very comfortable
1: and can be slipped off very easily they're incredible adidas running the pulse boost check them out let's get at it cue music
0: the music's already been cued and you get it Oh. No, too much? I think it was just
1: enough. Not enough. Not enough? Oh good. Okay.
0: It's podcast time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Did you plug in your laptop into some into something down here? No. Okay, I'm gonna plug mine in.
0: Ooh, Kyle needs his laptop for all his data and analytics. That's right. <laughs> all his midsummer data. I have lots of data.
1: No, I have, I have no analytics. I have lots of daddies. Ugh. That was uh, me unplugging something. Okay.
0: That was his visceral reaction to my joke.
1: Let's like, go. Let's do it.
0: So I just want, to, I just want to, like a little bit of a, disc a little disclaimer. Little disclaimer.
1: Disclaimer. Do you know what we're doing today? Yeah, I know what we're doing today. We're doing our top tens. That's right. Top tens. There was the longest time this year. So. Yeah, Where I had seen one movie.
0: You you go into hibernation because you're like movied out
1: after the Oscars. Yeah,
0: and then you like get the kickback.
1: I saw I had seen one movie until like March or or what? like April. What movie had you seen? I had was seen the, Us, just Us. I had seen Us, and that didn't
0: come out until, like February.
1: I saw well, that. Well, yeah, truly Oscars. until the second movie. Wait, let's look this up. The second movie I saw this year was literally Rocket Man. When did Rocket Man come out? End of May. Wow. That was the second movie I saw this year. Wow. Now I've seen 20 movies this year. Well, I just want to say
0: that this year has a lot of really high highs and a lot of really low lows with movies. I've seen, like, speak for yourself. For me, for me. I wasn't speaking for you. Okay. I think there's been, like, three to five movies that I've seen that I think were really special. Will be, uh, just... But, like, basically, when I was making my list for my top ten, I would say half my list, there's a distinct cutoff. Like, there's a massive drop-off between my top five and my... I almost just wanted to do a top five, because... The drop-off between my top five and my six to ten is substantial. So much so that I, it's it's like you know the final six won't make your final ten. I'm stoked. Know?
1: What's interesting about mine is that if the year ended right now, with like one exception maybe, if the year ended right now, I would be super happy with my top ten. That's great. Well, I'd be really happy
0: with my bottom two, because my bottom two are the worst films
1: Really, of the last year, twelve months. Probably. Oh, the bottom two. I have no idea what they are.
0: I, well, no, I have two. I just have. I like to do my. I like to keep track of my worst movies that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I, I saw two atrocious films this year already. I, I, I saw it's a like really salivating. juicy,
1: a really juicy bad movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, which well, we, can talk we can't. About. T- I'm so excited. I can't. I want to add. But I don't so have.
0: Way. I mean, I mean, you know. You avoid movies. You avoid movies that you know will be trash. I yeah. I go into them with gleeful abandon, hoping for the
1: best. Yeah. And then I sometimes see, I
0: fall on my face.
1: I didn't see anything. Looking at what I've seen this year, the only movie that I saw, knowing it was going to be horrible, was the movie that that you know about that I was talking yeah. about, which we can talk about later. You did. You're telling me you didn't see Godzilla, King of the Monsters? I did not. Oh. Okay. I forgot that even happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because we we operate on different movie wavelengths. It's great. I come like I'm like surfing through the popcorn flicks in the popcorn bucket. I'm like, oh, these ones, and you're like on the indie wire. <laughs> well, I saw. No, Not that you don't see. I it.
1: saw Toy Story. Yeah, I loved it.
0: Okay, uh, great. Well, so just to be clear, I will let you guys know when we get into the movies that I really believe will be in my final end mm. of year list. Versus just kind of my top 10. Um, two movies that I hated this year.
1: Oh, you want to do those first?
0: Yeah, I just want to say them. It's pretty quick. Uh...
1: I'm so curious. I don't think I saw them.
0: Okay. Hellboy?
1: Oh my god, I forgot that We need that to talk happened. about Hellboy.
0: We need to talk about Hellboy.
1: This is with David I've, Harbour.
0: I've never felt so personally offended by what I watched. And I think it was because the ingredients all made sense. You know, I was recently uh, getting a drink and I was uh, looking at a cocktail menu and I was discussing with someone how, how do you decide which cocktail are you going to get? Do you look for like, do you just read the first three ingredients and you say, oh, okay, I kind of like those. Do you make the drink in your head? Do you kind of go through and say, oh, okay, great. It's rum and then grapefruit juice. Do you, do you make the drink in your head? Or do you just kind of take a soft gaze and like when you see three ingredients you're like, you'll, you are like, you're you like like, oh, this is, will clearly be good because I, all three of those buzzwords I like. That's kind of how I pick out cocktails. I'm like, okay, I see. I don't really make the drink in my head. I'm just like, I like these three ingredients. Great. Hellboy. I saw the ingredients. David Harbour. Hellboy. Love Hellboy. Yeah, but
1: there's no Guillermo. I know. The thing, that made, I know. The, the thing that made Hellboy special and Ron Perlman. Yeah, but
0: I was like, Ian McShane, David Harbour, and a Hellboy reboot where he looks... And and he looked so cool. He and, looks exactly the
1: same as Ron yeah, Perlman. He was like really gruff and like, kind of like more stringy and, looks, and a little bit more... Ugh. He looks... I'm looking at pictures of Hellboy and I cannot tell the difference between Ron Perlman and Clearly you're
0: not a Bruce Perlman fan because you can definitely tell the difference. But... Ron Perlman. Regardless, it was like the other ingredients that I didn't see in my soft gaze was dog shit. And... Like, cilantro for people that cilantro tastes like soap for. You know? Just (laughs) like that.
1: (laughs) It is a 17%. And acid.
0: It was terrible. It was... It was so bad, and then it was, I was watching, like, CGI blood for, just, like, everywhere. It was, and it was, ugh, it was so, it was exhausting.
1: It was exhausting. You just can't remake movies that are perfect. Those movies are perfect.
0: Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you want to take a ride on the Reading Railroad. Okay, onward from Hellboy. Um, Yeah, and Dark Phoenix is trash. Right, 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 But, right, right, right. I will say this, I kind of enjoyed it. I'm in this phase where I really hate how much Disney is a monopoly, and I just want someone to break up that trust. And I love that they bought Fox and then had a bomb,
1: and they had to yeah, deal with Yeah, but then things. everybody's freaking out about Sony getting away from them.
0: Yeah, because it's a dumb idea for Sony, but I'm happy about it. I'm like, everyone get away from Disney. Yeah. Just get away from them. They own everything. We can, like... I can't even go into it. And it's frustrating, because I'm going to go through my list of top tens, and there's going to be Disney movies, and it's going to... Because they're making good stuff.
1: And I don't have any Disney movies. Toy Story 4 isn't on your top ten? No. Wow! It's my number 12. You're going to do that for Woody and Buzz? It was good. Did you see it? Not yet. It's good. It's kind of... It's good. It's really good. But... But... Lots of different... different better movies inflections on that good it's good there. it's, it's good. good it's good okay the one movie that i saw i mean you know what my least favorite movie of the year was. yeah g- give it to us no you people. know you know what my least favorite movie of the year was but i'm not gonna say it was the worst movie of the year what is it endgame yeah, kyle, sucks, <laughs> kyle sucks um anyways there's, there's joy in the world and then kyle comes in and he just urinates we can head. talk about endgame when i'm sure it will be on your list um Happy, happy day! So the movie I saw, which is a truly you gotta seek this movie out, it's called Serenity. It came out in like January. It was like one of the first movies that came out this year. Um it's with <laughs> Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and, and Hathaway. And Hathaway. Jason, Jason Clark. Jason Clark's in it, and um it is so crazy. I don't even know. I can't even talk about it though, because like there's a twist that happens like halfway through it that like You'll never see coming in a million years because it's so out of left field. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like this bizarre sort of like Matthew is like trying to catch this fish. It's like it, he really wants to catch this fish, and then Anne Hathaway comes to him and is like, "You need to." Anne Hathaway used to be married to Matthew McConaughey, and Anne Hathaway is married, like, married to Jason Clark. And now is married to Jason Clarke. I've got this from the trailer. And she goes to my Matthew McConaughey, and she's like, um, "My husband is beating me." I need you to take him out on the boat. Because the thing that Jason Clark loves more than anything else in the world is going out on boats and trying to catch fish in a specific way, which just so happens to align with her ex husband, who also has the capabilities to take him out on open water and murder him.
0: Moral of the story boats, people.
1: Boats. And then Anne Hathaway has like a lot of moments where she's like, Oh, Daddy. She calls Jason Clark Daddy all the time. It's really good.
0: Yeah, that's really that's off putting in
1: general. It's like Classically bad.
0: In what situation would you be okay with someone calling you daddy continuously?
1: If it was Anne Hathaway, <laughs> was <right> there. <laughs> all daddies, no zaddies. There's this one part where she, where she's like, she's like, he like hurts himself, so she can't, he can't go fishing, and she like really wants him to go Jason fishing Park? so that he like he, he, yeah, gets he, murdered. And she's like, oh, Daddy, I know you're so big and strong, you can go out there. She's like, take my neck. Take my neck, Daddy. Hold my neck like it's your big fishing rod, Daddy. <laughs> it's so good. I haven't seen the movie, and yet I feel like I have. Yeah, it's so good. Everybody should uh, look <laughs> oh, that up. Honestly, that's the movie I'm going to recommend the most. I
0: can't wait. You've I, Kyle's been pitching this movie to everyone. Like, the Bodega guy, he's been pitching it to, like, someone asked him for money on the subway. He's like, I don't have any money, but you need to watch Serenity. It's,
1: um... It's a joy. Okay, do you want to start with your number yeah, 10? Yeah,
0: let's go. Let's go with our number 10. Again, the, my bottom, I'm like really unenthusiastic about the bottom of my top 10. Usually I come in here pretty hot and heavy. Uh, number 10, Hobbs and Shaw. Um, had a lot of doubts about this movie, um, but, y- you know, the eighth Fast and the Furious movie, yes, the eighth one, Fate of the Furious. Is this the ninth? Um, this is technically the ninth, but it's a spin-off, so it's still gonna be a fast and furious movie. Two nine. hours and sixteen
1: minutes? Let me hold up. Okay, I'm hold ready, on. I'm ready, I'm ready.
0: Um I thought the the eighth Fast and the Furious movie was really stale. Uh I and and the seventh one obviously was one of the best in the series, and the eighth one just felt really stale. Uh like I got what they were going for and I wasn't on board with it. This felt really new and fresh it it was it was new it was the same world but with a little bit more fun a little bit more uh, off kilter and kind of just because it's not like vin diesel being vin diesel and not as much focus on the cars and all that stuff um and i thought it was a nice take on it i thought it was like what you should go for if you're doing a spin-off i've never been a fan of spin-offs i but if you're gonna do one this is the way to do it great recipe great cameos And I left just with a huge smile on my face. And uh, it doesn't reinvent the wheel in any way, but I think chemistry in a buddy comedy will cover up a lot of faults and a lot of flaws, and the chemistry between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham is pretty great. Uh, And, um, yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely something that you should watch when it's available to rent, and it'll be streaming, I'm sure, and all that stuff. It's a good time, and uh, it's better than the eighth Fast and the Furious movie, um, if you felt that one was stale. What's your number 10?
1: Well, when you were talking about Hobbs and Shaw, I literally thought it was like, for some reason, like Calvin and Hobbes was like stuck in my head. So I sure. thought it was like some cartoon movie about, um, about, uh, animals. That's but actually, but then I understood it's Hobbs and Shaw. It's some sort of fast and the furious. Thing.
0: Yeah. You know that, um, that's actually an interesting point that I'm feeling lately is I have a real lack of enthusiasm for animated films lately it takes a lot. Like, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet. I don't know what it is, but I it, like, takes a lot for me to go to the theater and see an animated film. I, I, I'm not sure what it is in my head. I just, like, I, I don't know. It's kind of, like, lost. It's, it's like, I want to see Pixar usually, but even, like, I don't... Like, I'm more excited for the fantasy Pixar movie that's coming out with Tom Holland and... um Yeah. And, uh, uh what's... I'm blanking,
1: blanking. It's called, like... Uh, with Tom Holland and... It's um, like, Fantasia or something. What's it called? Wonder <laughs> oh gosh, Gnomes. I'm getting like old. Isn't it called Wonder? No.
0: <laughs> no. no I'm, why uh, am I...
1: Upcoming... Chris Pratt. Sorry. Uh, with Tom Holland and Chris
0: Pratt. Um, is it called Onward? Yes, Onward. I'm more excited for that because I, I, like, I like original Pixar ideas. I remember, like, finding Dory. I had to drag myself to the theater to see it because... Finding Nemo is amazing. We don't really need a sequel to it.
1: But we're talking. You're just talking about Hobbes and. I know. And Shaw. I know.
0: But something about animated films specifically, and Pixar does such a good job of like, like their movies are so, one concise story it's like a sequel to a play like you're like why would i want to see a sequel to this really good play that i saw i mean but Um,
1: but the three toy story movies are great
0: they are they are absolutely but i also felt like that was almost a three-act play in a lot of ways that ended really well on the third one so i'm not super excited to see the fourth one and i'm
1: sure it's great everyone loves it but i don't have any animated movies on here yeah but Um, an interesting
0: thing i'm kind of working through my number 10 is once
1: upon a time in in Hollywood. hollywood Oh Which, wait
0: wait! Do we want to take a guess on how many of our lists will oh, be the same?
1: Um, I think I think we will. So Jimmy and I are placing bets on how many movies we have in common. I think we have three. I think three is probably a good guess too. Yeah, uh, well that's boring. Okay.
0: Well, let me look at my list here. Ooh, it's three or four. Yeah, uh, four maybe. Okay. Oh, no, 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 three, three, three. You wouldn't put the one on there. Three. It's three. Okay.
1: It's lame, but it's three. Okay. I'm curious what one you think I wouldn't put on. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Once upon a time in Hollywood, um. I have. We could talk about this forever, but I have not been feeling QT's last two movies.
0: For all you people out there, that's Quentin Tarantino.
1: Yes. I'm not I haven't been feeling his last two movies. I really feel like he's lost it. I just feel like he's cruising on this like I'm going to talk in s- myself in circles and then do a bloodbath. And I also hate this like I am this like just Warrior of Justice Vis a vis vengeance in my movies, I'm like, that's not what you started out as, and then you started doing this with Inglorious Bastards.
0: I also just edited Kyle on a podcast talking about how much he loves Kill Bill Volume One, which is literally exactly what he just said. No, so it's not. Just want to put that no, no, out there. It's a
1: vengeance movie, but it's not going into history and being like, oh no, sure, but like vengeance, like. But that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm saying, sorry, my bad. Continue I'm saying this thought. sort of Inglorious Bastards, like I'm gonna go and and correct the sins of our history's yes. past. also we're going to be doing spoilers, so like watch Oh yeah, 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 we should talk. I won't I won't spoil right now. Yeah, sure, but he kind
0: of already did, but okay.
1: Well, I just don't, no, I was saying that I don't like that, so sure. I was really, what I found so refreshing about watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I really, for three quarters of the way, I think is like one of, if not his best movies, um, I think, that, so basically what he does in Once Upon a Time, if you haven't seen it, is that he's, He's um, p- playing in, si- in sync the end of Hollywood's golden age mm-hmm. vis-a-vis Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who's like this uber machismo action star who's sort of fading into obscurity because of all this sort of like art cinema that's happening, um, and he, that's synchronized with the sort of the the, the Manson murders, which we all we all know of and that's vis-a-vis Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie who's like magical in the movie Mm -hmm. um uh and I just was loving watching I mean like Leo is so like wonderful in it and he's so like easy to watch I usually hate Leo I loved him in it I thought it was like his best performance um Brad Pitt, I love in it. And then in all the Margot scenes because you know what happens to this woman, you have there's like this incredible tension. It's very charged. And it's just like there's so much beautiful stuff in it like um like just like the the amount of the threat the the threat of violence in that movie is so incredible. And I was like like even in the moment when like it's nighttime and all the like, uh, neon signs are turning on, and you're just like, oh, god, like, it's, like, coming, like, you know what's gonna happen, and then I kind of just wanted it to end there, I kind of wanted it to end before we even got to any sort of thing, then, so I thought it was a really, really lovely, amazing, super mature movie for Qt, for the first three quarters, and then I thought it just turned into, like, I don't even know, I don't understand what the end of the movie has to do with the rest of the movie it just feels like I mean we can talk on it more when we get it to you but I think it's just like I thought it was just like I was so disappointed because I was like here he is being like childish and dumb again with just like this stupid violent sequence that's like so stupid and a lot of people think it's cathartic but like and I get it but like I don't know the rest of the movie I really think I really think is great, but I cannot totally recommend it because I think the ending ruins it.
0: I and I'm not the only
1: one. We should get this out of the way now. It's it comes up
0: later on, on mine and I guess I'll give my like my 32nd ad for it then. So
1: wait, let's say what ha- So let, let let's 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 say what happens sure, at the end spoilers. Sure. At the end of the movie, the the uh, Susan Susan Atkins, is that her name? The woman who killed Sharon Tate. Uh,
0: well, the whole crew.
1: Yeah, like, but Susan Atkins and then, like, that crew... Uh, Change their minds. Change their minds and go to Brad Pitt and Leonardo, and Leonardo DiCaprio's to house... To kill them instead of Sharon To Tate. kill them instead of Sharon Tate. And Brad Pitt... It then turns into Brad Pitt... Brad Pitt... Basically just, On like, acid. On acid. acid uh,
0: yeah. Beats the living shit out of them. And... And uh, the dog fighting them. And it's and so his, And his dog... And, uh, he's, it's an, it's as hilarious as that type of violence can be because of how ludicrous it is. And then in the end, Leonardo DiCaprio with a flamethrower referenced earlier in the movie, literally he sets one of them on fire. He sets
1: Susan Atkins on on fire.
0: fire, In the pool. Uh, I want to, uh, talk a bit about the last part of what she said, um, because I want you to explain to me what that has to do with so the rest of the movie. You've set up these two guys, and l- like in the movie, it's kind of alluded to the fact that Brad Pitt may have literally murdered his wife. Right. Okay? which Makes it super so, uncomfortable when he has
1: like violence against women. Yeah. End, so you're but... like,
0: so the whole movie, you're, you've got a self-obsessed actor who's fading, who's hyper-obsessed with his own basically fame he just wants to be famous and he kind of gives a manifesto early on in the movie about how his ideal situation would be to end up at a pool party at sharon tate's house with her and roman polanski polanski who she was dating at the time right and you you know that's going to be something that comes into play later because he makes it really clear that like that's the beauty of hollywood it's kind of a, a a bit of a
1: and they, they live banner at the bottom the of Cielo Drive. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cielo anyway,
0: so there. you've got this guy, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio the whole time is such a bumbling idiot. Like, he's sweet, and you really care about, you You do care about him in this weird way, because he cares so much, and, and it's clearly trying, but he's a drunk, he's, he's just, he's an idiot. And then you've got Brad Pitt, who you really want to love because he's so ridiculously... Charming, and you're just watching him like drive around through Hollywood is one of the most amazing thing ever. By the way, Brad Pitt in this movie, like I, I think he's unbelievable. I think both of them are just yeah, unbelievable. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and Brad well, no, Pitt, like
1: perfect. it's just him existing. I think Brad Pitt, he's like, such a might, movie star. Might win the Oscar. Yeah,
0: movie. but my point is, and then this, so you you think that you love Brad Pitt and that you're just kind of in going to be in his corner, and then you find out that maybe he killed his wife. So you've got these two idiots. He, like, definitely
1: killed his wife. <laughs>
0: Debatable. But, regardless, he killed her. Whether it was an accident or not, who knows. But, you regardless... You You don't see him shoot her. You see him, like, pointing it at her. We'll see. I mean, I, I think it's alluded that it could have happened. Regardless, let's go under the assumption that he does. Um, it. You've got these two guys that... You're like, okay, so where am I at with them? I, I'm not for them. I'm, I'm watching them. I'm finding their, their stories and tales interesting. And then they find themselves at the center of this critical moment. And what I find really interesting about it is how Tarantino sets us up for one thing and then just inserts these two bumbling idiots in it that divert this crazy, crazy situation where Charles Manson sent these kids to kill Sharon Tate. And then you watch these bumbling asshole idiots do what bumbling asshole idiots would do and get crazy violent and like... And, the, and really divert this horror from happening. And it's so cathartic because you're like, well, I didn't like these guys to begin with. This is interesting and crazy. And he finds a way to find the humor in it. And because of what Kyle was talking about, of the impending dread you're feeling the whole time, it feels very cathartic to let that go and be like, oh, <laughs> he's he's taking us on another left turn. But what does it have and to
1: do with... with it the, has everything to do with it. With Hold the on, end finish. of Hollywood. It has everything
0: to do with it because at the end of this thing, Where does Leonardo DiCaprio find himself? He finds himself at Sharon Sharon Tate's house and let into this social circle that he's been dying to get into the whole time. And also, what's even more cathartic than that is that the whole movie, Brad Pitt does everything for Leonardo. And even in this situation, Brad Pitt saves the day, allows all this stuff to happen, and Leo gets to have this cathartic moment. And it's just kind of like classic Hollywood of like, at the beginning of the movie, they say that like the stuntman is going to carry the load for Leo, and that's through—that's the through line throughout, and that comes even through the final climactic moment of him achieving his dream of going to Sharon Tate's house.
1: That isn't a horrible argument, um, but I would say—and I that understand that you don't like that—and I get it. It's and, idiocy to me. Yeah,
0: and, but, and you can think that it's but childish. But also,
1: but also, I don't. It wasn't cathartic to me. It was disappointing because. I'm not, the whole time I'm like, wait, is he really going to keep this restrained level of tension throughout? No, you know what he's probably going to do? Probably Leo and Brad are going to fight these people and it's going to be really dumb and they're going to all kill them. And that's yeah. what happened. So I saw it coming and was hoping that it wouldn't happen.
0: Restrained is definitely the key word because I thought it was pretty restrained throughout.
1: And I think it is, that that, but then I really that, think that's not restrained. Well,
0: I think it's restrained because it's we're talking about five minutes of a two-hour forty-minute movie. The I end mean, of Leo, that movie wait, is not explain, restrained. Let me explain. Let me explain. Yes, there are his movies generally are at least fifty-fifty. Dialogue fifty percent. Violence. Yeah, yeah, but
1: hit, but but I wouldn't even describe uh, what is what is wild about the. B- I mean, there's very little f bombs in this movie. There's very little. It, 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 even you can have a lot of dialogue and not be restrained because all of his dialogue is always like ah, like talk, 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 talk. It's never because it's brilliant. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of it is brilliant. I also, but some of I, also as a is. writer. I aspire to write that kind of dialogue. Yeah, so. but if you're doing it the same thing in every movie, then it gets tiresome for me. I've, I've never found it tiresome. Okay. And obviously I think it's, not. You it like feels you, like life on the page. You like Hateful Eight, which is all ta- all that sort of talking. Love it. Yeah. But in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's not the way he's it's written, which I think is very admirable for sure, him. And I was sure. very excited about that with him. Oh, another devil's advocate argument you could make is that the movie's kind of about his place in Hollywood and how he's kind of feel. I mean, a lot of people, myself included, think he's just not really, like, before this movie anyway, think he wasn't really relevant anymore. He was just, like, spinning his wheels, making these uber-violent fantasies on history.
0: I want to challenge then- you on that, though. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm not okay, done. I'm not sorry. done
1: yet. Cool. Uh, so a lot of people feel that about him, and so this is his opportunity to make a movie that says you know what, maybe I should be this more restrained person. Ah, you know what, fuck that. I'm just gonna do whatever. And in a way, that is very Quentin Tarantino, and, you know, he made the movie that he wanted to make.
0: I just think that his level of craftsmanship and the fact that if you look at his last four movies, let's include Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that, right? What do you, have you got? Bastards. Got... Uh, so Bastards, Django. Django, Hateful, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Three of those four movies... Huge box office successes, and in how they are marketed, they are marketed as Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I mean, films. I think that's great. So I, mean, I, I don't think that, that he's that. spinning his wheels because I think, and, and a lot of people believe that Inglorious is his best movie. I'm sure. not alone I, in that. I
1: don't think he's spinning his wheels in, in Inglorious. Oh, okay. You just mean past that. And I obviously yeah.
0: believe that Django is his best movie, So, and I know I'm very much a minority, and I'll defend it to the death. But yeah. uh, regardless, my point being that... But is I think you can still make I a lot of money and
1: I... and be spinning your wheels because... Sure, Because sure. I don't think... I think actually that's why they make a lot of money, because people know what to expect from them.
0: Maybe. And, I just don't... I think like from an influence standpoint, from a he's still, he's still throwing his fastball, his fastball is still 101 to me. And clearly... He almost did that for you in, in no, how he did, did that. No, I, I he th- did. That's why, why it's And it's here, in your top ten, Because I yeah. think
1: the first three quarters of it is like really, really massive. I
0: love, and I love, I'll, I will say this, I love when Quentin flexes different muscles. I love when he's telling pictures, we, we just talked about this with Kill Bill, using he when he tells stories with pictures. I love when he turns down the dialogue, well, turns nice. down the violence. It's so nice, because he's, cause he's a, so great at it. Yeah. Like,
1: Brad Pitt Pitt driving around
0: Hollywood, the neon signs coming on, the The whole Leo on set is so much, like, there's so much going on that's not dialogue for a lot of that. Then we should move on, but the moment that
1: I remember the most from this movie is Margot Robbie sitting in the movie theater with those dumb glasses on, watching herself in the movie and just, like, being so happy. I thought it was this really lovely movie about, like, these people, like, just trying to do literally the best they could do unaware that this horrible thing was about to happen to them and I thought it was so moving and so wonderful that when it turned into Bugs Bunny bashing Susan Atkins over the head with a phone or whatever the hell it was I was like this is dumb I hate this
0: I just want to make two quick predictions one prediction when Leo gets an Oscar nom for this the clip they show is him in the trailer flipping out right uh maybe I was maybe or too much swearing you think I don't know Anyway, him him in the trailer flipping out would be my, uh, they're, they're or both, no, him with the little girl talking about the book. Yeah, maybe. I don't Brad know. Brad Pitt's clip, Brad Pitt's clip is him
1: with the girl on his lap in the car, right? Yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt might win. They all three could be nominated. This movie's going to get nominated for everything. The production design and everything is incredible. Yeah. The, um, the re-construction uh, of the, what's his name? The ranch. Where he was at
0: yeah uh, also favorite take on twitter was that
1: the <laughs> spawn pitt ranch yeah
0: was the spawn ranch that uh brad pitt walking to his car after meeting with bruce dern is how tarantino views twitter of just like this white cis male man walking with all these women just yelling profanities at
1: him well that makes me <laughs> aggravated at tarantino more anyway um what I don't know, I just I No think no no, not like no he never said that. Someone I know, said I that's didn't. like it's that like oh, that, it, it, that's
0: got it, got it. how he views Twitter, like him walking to his car with all these yeah. women just like throwing. It at him, yeah. Which I was like, wow, that is like too real. Uh anyway. Uh okay, my number nine. Yeah, onward from Onward. Time. Well we had to unpack that one. Uh Spider-Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. What's Spider-Man? Far from home.
1: Oh Jesus, all right. Spider Twink, he's back.
0: Spider Twink, <laughs> Spider Twink returns.
1: Yeah, uh, you know,
0: um, Sean Fennessy said, "Who's that? after?" He's a movie critic okay. and who hosts the Big Picture podcast. Who works for The Ringer. He said something interesting after this one, which was like, Marvel's getting shockingly good at this, and and it's uh, like almost. He used some words to describe it, but that it's almost off-putting how good they are at making these reciped movies, and it it really felt that way with Spider-Man. I mean, it's such a formula, uh, but it works, and at the end of the day, like I like formulas in movies. I do. I, I like story structure. I think that stories will be structured the same till the end of time in the sense that there's certain things that will always feel good when we're watching something when we're hearing something when we're listening to something and um, I think that it's a really well-told story. I, I don't think it's Incredible do I think it'll end up on my top 10 list at the end of the year? No Because it's on the bottom half of this, but I think it's really good and I uh, I think Tom Holland is So spider-man and and that's a character that everyone feels connected to in some way so kind of like reading a comic, you know every day in the newspaper when it comes out I'm interested in what Tom Holland's spider-man is up to because I think he is spider-man and uh, that's why the Sony thing was so interesting because I was like I wonder what's gonna happen with that but uh, similar to Hobbs and Shaw, I left so satisfied. It was worth the price of admission, and uh, it's definitely a good time if you get a chance to
1: see it. What's your number nine? My number nine is Good Boys. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see this one. Um, I don't need to say much about this. You song, love this. I really, really liked it a lot. It like,
0: looks hysterical.
1: I thought it was... So it's basically, like, super bad, but, like, the stakes are, like, elementary school, or yeah. like mid- or, like, middle school. It's, like, We're going to this party where, like, I'm going to kiss a girl. Totally. And, like... Gosh, relatable. But it's also... It does something that another... It does something a little bit that, like, another movie does really well, which, like, I just feel like, you know, it's getting to the point where, like, there's this conversation which is, like, can these sorts of movies exist anymore? These sort of, like, let's go to the party, get drunk, and get laid sort of movies? Sure. And, like, uh, there's another movie that does this really well that I'm sure we'll both talk about. But, like, this sort of, like both like acknowledging that like children are growing up differently now and like they are more like quote unquote woke and like become, and that is like an element of culture that like, like they're learning like about consent and like all these sorts of things. Sure. And like while this, this movie and another movie do such a good job of like not making fun of that and, but having fun with it and also acknowledging that like, this is the way things are now, but like in a really charming way. Jakey Trems, the best actor that he's humanity so has ever seen, ever. Very good. Um, is so it it makes such a good use of him in just in how earnest he is. Yeah. And the boy, wait, I have to look up his name. It's like the black-haired boy. He's gonna wind up like spiky hair. No, the black kid. Oh, that wow. kid. Uh, let me look up his name. Because he's literally... If he's not on my Sinky supporting actor list at the end of the year...
0: Is this your Hugh Grant? Are you starting that you know, I mean, he's not going to win, him?
1: but he's incredible. Listen. Uh, his name is Keith L. Williams. He is an icon in the making. <laughs> Every single thing he says in this movie is hysterical. And at the end of it, I was like... Our Crime. new Macaulay Culkin. You know it makes you think about like those relationships you had in high school... Or in middle school that are like they're those people that like will always be special to you and maybe you don't talk to them anymore but but like they're still like they're still your good boys or your good girls whatever
0: I think what's crazy about that too is like how much those relationships have a huge impact on who you become I think about that all the time because those are truly our pun intended our formative years um and uh, that's what it should have been called formative years
1: our formative years
0: I, I just think it's interesting there's so many of those relationships and how you deal with learning things and and taking in all that information i think it's interesting now that some of the information they're taking in is so woke instead of like uh, mainly with the information i felt like i was taking in at that time which was so much about like what does this dirty word mean or what does that mean or like right. what well, is that's sex about that's yeah yeah because that is like just a huge part of that part of your life and those conversations you have with your friends um yeah. But it, I was... I like, was, discovering what a douchebag was took the longest time. And it should not have taken that long,
1: but... I love that. I'm glad that's on here. Yeah, All right, we're going to run out of time.
0: We're not going to run out of time. We're good. All right. Uh, eighth on my list, Rocket Man. Probably we're the most... Probably the most flawed movie on this list, but the highs are high enough in that movie that I think it should... It's the way... It's the way a, 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 a biopic should be done. Biopic, bio-pic. dude. Biopic. Biopic. It's biopic. I don't care. Biography. It's the way. Pick. pick. Chill. It's the way <laughs> a biopic pick. should be done. Biopic. Well, you know what I think of that? <laughs> yourself. <laughs> um... Uh,
1: Yes, I saw Rocketman Man as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that it, I think it's interesting. It's done really like a jukebox musical, the opposite of Bohemian Rhapsody. All yeah, it is director. a musical. That's kind that of the a big musical.
1: revelation about
0: it. Yeah, and and so some of the numbers aren't going to work, as in most jukebox musicals. Like some of them, you're like, nah, and some of them work really, really well. Yeah, and uh, he's great in it. Saturday Night's Alright
1: for Fighting is incredible. That's when the movie. So the beginning of the movie like is ignites. like nights. The beginning of the movie is a little treacherous like there's this whole framing story where he's like in like group therapy and he's like i'm gonna tell you about my life and then like there's a little boy (laughs) How is it? (laughs) i'm gonna tell you about my life and then like there's this little boy the little boy version of him and then he starts the first song in the movie is i'm like an elton aficionado and the first song in the movie is the bitch is back which is a fierce ass song But, like, why is this the song that's leading us into, like, the past of the can child? give us a sampling of the bitch's back, please? It goes, um...
0: Keep me down on a Friday, that's all right Even like Steck on a Saturday
1: night I can bitch
0: the best that your social
1: news I can high in the evening, sipping pots of glue oh. Can look it up. It's I just wanted it in your Elton voice. Man. It's a great song. The movie really takes off when Taryn comes into the movie as Elton proper and sings Saturday Night Sorry for <laughs>
0: Man, there's a lot of really cool imagery, a lot like how they do the songs is beautiful. Something I
1: also loved about it is that it had it figured out a way, other than like so, Bohemian Rhapsody is very like this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and and you're like, what is this movie even like about? But like, Rocket Man is very much about like, even in this stupid scene at the beginning where they all sing, I want love, and it's horrible, it's really bad. You at least know that like what else, what this character of Elton is looking for is he's looking for love. And he's looking for love in all the wrong places. And then finally, at the end of the movie, even though it's dumb, you have this satisfaction that you're like, oh, he found love in himself. He learned to love himself. Yeah. And it's really a movie about him, like, getting sober, which is kind of, I don't know, it's 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 good. It's my number 14. And trust me, they hammer
0: that point home, that he needs to get sober. Yeah. We had to watch a lot of El <laughs> Drugs.
1: Yeah. But, like, El... How how interesting! Like Elton was like t- totally fine with that.
0: And I love Richard Madden. I love Richard Madden so much. He's my Rob Stark forever. The Bodyguard is an amazing, amazing TV show. That movie makes you
1: fucking hate him.
0: He's so yeah, so he's mean awful. in that movie.
1: He's I awful. he but is they, he so and, terrible. he and Tyron have like my favorite number, which is always oh, they sing such honky a cat in their shopping.
0: Honky cat is so good. Tiny dancer is abysmal. Yeah, that
1: was really bad. That w- Rocket Man's great. Yeah. Um, so the highs are
0: high and the lows yeah. are low, and
1: we love Elton. Yours. What are we at? Number eight. eight. Um, my eighth movie is a movie called High Life, which is about Miller High Life. It's about Miller High Life and and the sobriety that Elton needed. I'm gonna. In- this is so High Life is a movie by Claire Denis, who this is her first. English language movie and it stars Robbie Pattinson, Robbie Pats, and Robbie Pats, Batman. Is in, Robbie Pats is in space with a baby And you're like, how did this happen? And all say with this movie, this is one of the weirdest movies I've seen in a really long time, but it's stuck with me in this like wild way. Robbie Pats just like He's like one of our best actors. Like who would have thunk? Um, and so the movie it's him in space Basically, the idea is that you sort of discover this as you go along, and, like, so I won't spoil that much for those of you who would want to embark on this very strange movie. I like things in space. But um, he's in space, <laughs> and it's basically, like... Legit,
0: at Astro, I'm so pumped for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Um, so he and, like, basically, he and all these other, like, um, inmates are sent to outer space to serve this term. In, inevitably, or in, uh, for, whatever. They're, they're serving this term, and they're- That was very clear. They're, they're, they're serving (laughs) their life sentence. You really, you got me. They're serving their life sentence in space, and they're hurtling toward this black hole, which they're supposed to, like, mine something from, um, and there's this crazy doctor. This sounds like my kind of film. How did I miss this? Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if you'd like it, but um, so, you should watch it. It's very weird. I told you I love space. Yeah, I don't know if it's like it's not super. It's more like weird than space. Oh okay. Uh, but it's an A twenty four movie. Um, <laughs> Gosh, A twenty four has messed me up this year. Um, and there's also this this crazy mad scientist lady on this ship, who's running things, played by Juliette Binoche. Yeah. And she is this crazy. She is like so. She really wants to, like, make them procreate. She wants to, like, basically, like, take their sperm and, like, make babies. And they're not allowed to have sex. So there's literally this box. There's this room on the ship. And it is literally, the only thing that's in it is a dildo chair. Nice. And it's called the f- box. And Julia Binoche, there's this, like, three-minute sequence of Julia Binoche going into this thing. And, like, riding this thing. In the... Wow, that's what I call Domino's um, Pizza when I open it up. But it's I'm a big f- f- like really stuck with me. It's yeah. If you want to see Julia Fox and Robbie Pattinson. In oh space. Kyle, and what's
0: this part of your room over here with this dildo chair that I see? Oh, okay. Oh, no, pay that attention. in this cardboard. I see it's really had an effect on you. You now have a f- box uh, now in your room.
1: I just call my room the. F- <laughs> f- box.
0: I saw the sign on the door. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Sorry.
1: This I put this great. wig on like Juliette Binoche, and I just whip it around, <laughs> and I'm in. The Wait, so she just she just she just goes nuts on the chair. Yeah, she's just. Boys. It's really. <laughs> it's such a bizarre movie. Um, it's it, normal to me. I'm, but oh I mean, my. it's also I sort of took this <laughs> other not to get so deep, but I sort of took this other element of it, which is like. <laughs> this is sounds silly, but uh, but it really does. There's make a dildo sort of chair in Good Boys too. There's not a dildo there's a dildo. the Yeah, that's what's a s
0: box. Oh, um yeah.
1: so but it's sort of are we not all on a ship with someone telling us we have to make babies headed toward an impending black hole? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it like, does sort of make you feel like They bad. just call a spade a spade in high
0: life and they're like, This is a the box like, and that's a black hole. They're like, This is what's up. That's amazing.
1: Um, so that's my first that is my first That going to be the most
0: here. censored two minutes of this podcast ever. I'm going to have so many beeps. I'm so sorry you all had to just listen to all those beeps. Ow. Okay, cool. Onward. Thank you, children, for staying with us. <laughs> all you 12-year-olds out there. No, yeah. just kidding. Okay, uh, number seven on mine, Triple Frontier. Netflix movie, uh, Oscar Isaac, who I recently saw at the gym, and I was like, <laughs> living life,
1: dude. I have no idea what Triple Frontier is.
0: Triple Frontier is this movie, uh, very simple premise, bunch of retired ex-Special Forces guys head down to South America uh, to steal a bunch of money from a drug lord. And uh, This sounds Jimmy to a T. To a T, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, Oscar Isaac, who else? I'm forgetting one of the main guys. Oh, Pedro Pascal is in it?
1: Yeah. JC Shandor directed yes. it of Margin Call of in a Marginal Year.
0: And uh, Before the Door Productions, a CMU shout out. Is there. this a Before the Door production? Uh no, but I think Before the Door is over. I think that production company found Okay. Uh, well, I love Margin Call in A Most love, Final Year. Yeah, we love JC. Um, <clears throat> not just my sister, whose name is JC. Uh, so anyway, it is um, a really engaging movie and uh I think I think there was a. Another movie on my list that we're definitely going to talk about that just kept putting me in this position of, like, what would I do in this situation? Which is one of my favorite movie tropes. Anytime. I think that's why I love Breaking Bad so much. Um, oh, wow. This is like a sustained siren we have in the background. They're right coming right? for you They're because you just this. said you thought about
1: cooking meth. <laughs> wow. Let's just let this... Uh... Wow! It's like Cats. So, uh, cats is coming. Yeah. Anyway. Um, cats is coming
0: it is oh my god oh
1: yeah
0: uh anyway the cats memes are coming for us um so uh, i love in movies and this is why i love breaking bad so much and for a lot of reasons is breaking bad continually asks the question of what would you do with this de- decision or this situation or you know which which turn would you take and for a while of that show you kind of i think choose a lot of the routes that Walter White takes. And then when that takes a harsh turn, you feel really personally hurt by it because you're like, whoa, did I know this guy? Do I know this guy? Um, And he kind of puts, they put that on their head in that show. Triple Frontier did the same thing in a different way where I was like, what's the value of money? Uh, Just different things that they do. Sometimes really practical things like, uh, (laughs) spoiler alert, they carry the body of their fallen friend for a long period of time in this movie. Instead of carrying money and it's a big discussion of like how much money can we carry with us physically because they're traipsing through the jungle with millions of dollars in cash Which is actually heavy and it, there there's just a lot of different questions of like what's the value of money versus versus your integrity versus pride and these guys who are violating everything that they stood for Um, and it's a good, and it's, uh, and there's another movie that I, I had similar things where I just kept being like, what would I do in this situation? Um, but I thought it was a good time. The action sequences are fantastic and really well done. Um, and it's a good movie. What's yours? What is there? Box. There's no, there's
1: no, all right. My number seven is, that's a, that's a high bar
0: to set though. There's not
1: many, you know, there's not many boxes (laughs) except for your room. Um, except for my room. My number seven is book smart. Oh, Daddy. a movie I'm sure we both could talk about. This is the one I was talking about. So Booksmart is the Olivia Wilde movie with Beanie Feldstein and... Caitlin... I don't know her last name. Well, I'm gonna look up her name. Actually, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver? They're coming for you now. They're coming for you because you badmouth cats. They are coming for it's me. It's Broadway. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I basically said what I thought was so great about Booksmart was that, like, it, it, this was the extension of Good Boys, boys, yeah, was the extension of Good Boys, and, uh, it's really funny, it's, like, pretty rough around the edges, a lot of it doesn't super work, I don't think, but, like, it's so, the Mm. cast is so, like, endearing and wonderful that, like, you're just, like, it's a, it's a great movie to, like, see with your friends.
0: Yeah. It's so fun. So we now have two. We now have two on our list. We have two. the really same. For sure. Um, I love, love, love Booksmart. I'm going to talk about it later. Yeah. My number six is John Wick 3. Um, John Wick.
1: Take tuned. First
0: of three. all, can we all just give a shout out to the keanu Sans? Is it Keanu-sants or keanu Sans? I don't care. It's awesome. keanu I love it. Matrix 4. Four is happening and I'm ecstatic and I can't wait and John Wick 3 Continues this run of excellence and I think John Wick kind of serves as a magnet to People who are excellent at making action sequences and excellent man and men and excellent uh, Cinematographers and DPs who who know how to shoot fight scenes and fight choreographers and Keanu is is clearly such a student of that and loves that and they continue to outdo themselves there's a knife scene like literally in an antique knife shop that is one of my favorite action sequences I've ever seen and then there's an amazing fight I, there's just so many and there's this incredible fight scene where these two guys uh, I, I, I love John Wick 3 I don't think I'm spoiling much here so but there are some spoilers there's this amazing fight scene where he fights these two guys, and obviously <gasps> the whole pre- I hate you. The whole premise of these movies is that like this world is like full of assassins, and they've created this really cool world of of just assassins. And uh, but there's a lot of respect, there's rules, there's pride, and these two guys are big fans of John Wick, and they're fighting him, and they're honored to be fighting him. And at one point, because it's two against one, they best him, which you don't see often in these movies, and amazing moment of just like kind of what John Wick can pull off that like these guys who are going to get paid a ton of money to kill him, let him live because out of respect of the fact that like, hey, we'll give you that one and then in that, and then they continue fighting and John Wick let, beats them and lets them live. And it's kind of like this amazing flex of the fact that anything goes in this world. And they've done such a good job of creating the world that now we can go anywhere with them and we believe anything that happens. And I think that's a testament to how well they've crafted these movies. And. And you can just tell Keanu loves these movies and loves making them. Even the publicity tour, he just is excited to be there. And I think that's why you know he has his Toy Story Four cameo and he's in Always Be My Baby. Um, and and he's he's just he's an actor's actor, and he's he's clearly like he's just he's just down. And, and and I and I I love it, and I love signing up to go
1: see him. And John Wick Three is great. What's yours? I will see John Wick three by the end of the year. You, I did just, you see? Have you seen any? of No, them? that's what I need. I get. I'm like, I can't just watch the third one because I have to watch the other. It now. really,
0: you know what? And it's 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 just if you if you have a like I do, if you have that love and that craving for really good fight sequences, it's special. And my family, we we love that and we bond over that. So my dad called me immediately after seeing John Wick three, and my sister and my mom and and they were like, oh, John Wick three was amazing. Let's talk about it. And um, that's what movies are all about.
1: I just nodded. Um, my number he six, we're yeah, number nodded. six, right? He
0: nodded while looking at the at the microphone. Yeah.
1: My <laughs> uh, number, number six, six is Her Smell, which is another A twenty-four movie. Sounds riveting. <laughs> Her it is riveting. Uh, Her Smell <laughs> is about um, Elizabeth Moss, Scientologist that she is, plays a um, <laughs> plays a super toxic pop diva, who's like in this grungy band. And I want to say it's, I want to say it's the when you first meet her, she's backstage and she's just like she's like, go she's doing all these drugs and drunk and she has this baby and she's so irresponsible and awful, and but she it's like it's truly a shame that like she's not gonna be up for an Oscar because it's like one that's one of the my favorite performances of the year, um she's incredible and it basically does. It pulls a Steve Jobs basically. I think it's four segments, but it might be five. And they're in real time, they're like four or five half hour, twenty-minute segments that are before a concert, after a concert, during a concert, and there's one where she's like at home, and you just see like this the whole this whole transformation of this person over this time period but in these very vignette. tiny vignette moments. And it also Love is just, just like a great actor showcase. She's incredible in it. Um, and it's really, really lovely and beautiful at the end. And Cara Delevingne is in it, and she's very good in it. Briefly.
0: I'm very not on the Cara... Is it Delevingne? I'm not either. I'm not either, um, uh, uh, I'm uh, not I'm like either but
1: she's good in this. That's great. She's barely in it, but she she doesn't embarrass herself.
0: You should look it up too. This is like... this. I'm looking at your data, (laughs) your pictures of it, Uh, this collage of her smell. Um, and it smells extremely interesting. You've, you've sold me now on two of these movies that I have to
1: see. What's the other one?
0: Like I, am going to see High Life. Oh, I love it. Well, and you already sold me on Serenity. So this is great. You've just been pitching me movies. Pitching, yeah. Sometimes you pitch movies on the podcast. I'm like, Oh, that sounds interesting. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to watch that. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to pitch you on
0: them. you know you're doing great. And those are, those, those sound riveting. And also that's, that's my type of movie right there. Like, in the vignettes like that I love that it's really good Steve Jobs criminally underrated movie this is much uh, better than Steve Jobs though. okay well this but one Steve Jobs, yes. so I, where, I like Steve Jobs so here's where so here's where we take a big jump
1: forward yes uh, let's jump
0: these are the five these are the five movies that when we do top ten at the end of the year I have no doubt barring something crazy I think these five will continue to be in my list I don't know about those six through ten I, I doubt right. it
1: and we've had two so far
0: yeah so we've got two the same um, yes Because BookSmart will be on mine. Um, But this one as well, my number five movie is Midsummer. Yes, we have
1: that in common. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so Midsummer. Again, when I was talking about Triple Frontier, this was the other one that I felt like um, a lot of the movie I was thinking to myself. What would I do in this situation? And that's not the point of this movie. It's it's not like they're like, well, what would you do? They're not like asking the audience that question because they're really telling this like <laughs> yeah. fantastical tale. Of, that would be strange. That involves like <laughs> like as Kyle will tell you, as we've talked about this movie at nauseum, about finding your tribe and 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 I think dealing with grief and and kind of where do you turn when you have nowhere to turn? Um, and spoilers. You should also the biggest spoiler of all. You should see Midsummer. You should see it. Like, see this movie. This movie deserves to be seen. It deserves to be discussed. And it's in theaters again right now. Yes. At
1: director's cut. Go, which go I saw see it. and, and it's great.
0: And I will say this it is heavy. It is a heavy movie.
1: It's, it's also really. But you're going to know in the first. <laughs> it's
0: really fun. Yes. As Kyle will say, it's like one of the funniest movies he's ever seen.
1: It's not um, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's the funniest. It's the hardest I've laughed at a movie theater this year. Yeah.
0: And in the first 10 minutes, like it has some horrifying stuff happen. And like, if you can get through that, then you can get through the movie. Um, I legitimately, this movie made me sick. It made me sick to watch. It it was exhausting to watch. I felt like I had just like run 10 miles. I was exhausted. And I think that's a testament to good filmmaking. Will I ever see it again? Probably not, not for a long time. It just took too much out of me and I disagree with a lot of the choices that were made in the movie. I don't think it's, I know Kyle will say that the point isn't to be realistic, but like, I I think they sell you on like them trying to tell this kind of like in the world possible realistic story. And it's not that. And maybe that's the point in some way too, is, uh, you know, using kind of allegorical big themes, you know, to tell a story about real life. But I I I have a lot of issues, and then once it, for me, I feel a lot of ways that Kyle feels about Once Upon a Time, which is, I think two hours of it are really, really special and, and very well done, and then the last 30 minutes I think it really goes off the rails, and I don't agree with the choices that are made, and I don't think they're necessary, but that doesn't take away from the excellence of this film, and Kyle and I will probably be discussing this film for a long, long time, which again is a testament to how great it is, and, uh, It makes you think, it really does make you think, and any movie that exhausts you that much while still being engaging and riveting, riveting stuff, uh, I think is a testament to how good of a director Ari Aster is, the director of Hereditary as well, which Kyle and I both love, and uh, yep, so it's my number five movie. I'll talk about it later. Okay. Um,
1: And, And, you know, a lot of love for it from here, obviously. My number five is The Beach Bum, which is, you know, I've I, I have, saw parts of it with you. You did see a little bit of it. i got to uh, watch the whole thing. Uh, so I've never seen, uh, this is a shocking admission, I have never seen Spring Breakers. Have you? Yes. I've never seen it, and, and I need to see it. Um, Wild movie. Uh, so it's that director, Harmony Corrine. Come, on, come for me if I'm wrong. Is it biopic or bio it's <laughs> Bi- biopic? It's biopic. Biopic makes no it sense. It's something like a biopsy. Or Corinne? Okay. The Beach Bomb is a crazy-ass movie sure, about... Sure. um The only way... The way I was describing it is that, like, it's kind of like the Odyssey. It's like a stoner version of the Odyssey for, like, Trump times. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Matthew McConaughey plays a
0: stoner version of the
1: odyssey (laughs) for trump times um and matthew mcconaughey plays like trump isn't talked about in the movie but like at all but um uh matthew mcconaughey plays this like drifter who's like a former poet who's just always out on a bender and his name's moon dog and it's excuse me it is, like, iconic Matthew McConaughey. The cast is crazy. Like, Isla Fisher's in it. She's incredible. Jonah Hill makes a cameo. Jonah Hill's wild in it. Martin Lawrence is out of control. Snoop Dogg's great in it. Zac Efron's in it a little bit. Um, and Jimmy Buffett's in it. And somebody else is in it, too. Running with his margaritas from those pterodactyls. From the pterodactyls. Um, it is... It's a super polarizing movie. People are like, this is... The, it also is like, I feel like this must be this guy's brand, which is like, uh, I'm gonna make the stupidest movie you've ever seen, but shoot it like it's like Gone with the Wind or Lawrence of Arabia, like this yes. beautiful... Um, the colors in his movie are abs- uh, movies are absurd. But it's so funny, and I also thought... I, I also thought it was just like a really sweet kind of like... I mean, this guy's like an idiot, and he does some like horrible things throughout the course of it, but like... I thought it was a really lovely kind of, like, listen, the world, like, is really not making much sense right now. So, like, let's just have a little bit of fun. I thought. I loved it. I was really surprised how much I loved it.
0: I had to continually... I had a lot of stuff to do when you were watching it in the living room, and I felt like I was continually having to peel my eyes away from the screen because I was so intrigued. It's a wild movie. Um,
1: Truly, really crazy.
0: All right, what's your... My number 4 film is uh, Kyle's favorite movie, Avengers Endgame.
1: Oh my god, I'm so
0: shook that it's not. Yeah, you know, I just want to say uh, I love I'm I love the MCU and I love those movies and it kind of at this point feels like a TV show more than a movie. Like it's interesting to talk about Avengers Endgame as a movie, right? And I think this is a lot of why Kyle hates these movies is because there is no, it's the opposite of when, of, of, of those Pixar movies, you know, of the, of the, this is the entry it is. A beginning a middle and an end and it can go away and live as just this thing and some of the MCU movies do a really good job of that But a lot of it is pulling from past movies setting up future movies And it almost has become a TV show of sorts And so you feel so invested in the characters and this feels like season 7 of the MCU and it feels like the final season and and it was done extremely well and You know, I don't think it needs to be like the number one movie of the year. I don't think I need to be like, this is why it as a movie is the greatest thing ever. I think it's a really, really good final chapter. Uh, I think that it's really hard to start something and it's really hard to end something. And especially something that we've put a lot of time and money into and has been one of the most groundbreaking things to ever happen um, in cinema all these movies getting strung together and billions and billions and billions of dollars and they landed the, the plane very well and uh, and,
1: now and I thought make it was a thousand more
0: yeah and I think they'll look really really different clearly these are you know like new characters new stories and they'll be similar things I
1: think Um did Spider-Man feel very different? Spider-Man Far From Home?
0: Well, Spider-Man... I'm going to get really nerdy. Spider-Man Far From Home technically is the final movie of Phase 3. So Spider-Man okay. Far From Home... So it doesn't so now, have to feel different. No, no. now. But now,
1: if they don't start feeling different,
0: well, I, I expect they will. you to hold them accountable. I think they will, you know, but I, but but again, what am I saying? You know, like I, what I was just saying about Spider-Man, if, if if they're good movies, they're good movies. I think they'll feel different, but uh, my point is that... And, and the real thing, and I rewatched Endgame last week, and it's three hours. I up. think that what's it, it really is if restrained is a buzzword that we're using for a couple movies here. Uh, I think that it's very restrained for an MCU movie. It's it's very character heavy, and and the, and then you finally get the end payoff that is so incredible.
1: And I don't disagree. I don't disagree, I don't disagree with that. I thought the sort of like elegy type nature of like the first half hour was interesting. But then they do like greatest hits time travel. That's not character based. That's giving you a sort of nostalgia. A little
0: bit. It's the member Barry. You could walk away from that movie. But that's movie not is. what sticks with me from those movies. I'm not like, oh, I love that movie. What, sure, what sticks but, with me is. But those. that's
1: an hour of the movie that you well, could leave. I think it's,
0: well, I think because it's plot heavy. Like that's what they have to do. That's like that's not a that's not a sure, that's not but, a Bohemian Rhapsody. Like then happened, then this happened. That's a. Therefore, no, no, they I go mean, back sure, in time. Sure, but therefore they. But try the to get reason the, the reason
1: the movie decides to go back in time is so that you can have those moments. And like, frankly, I was like, why is this? I was like, I could leave for an hour and come back and not miss anything. Okay, well, I don't agree with that. But because everything we, happens at the end of the movie, the last forty five minutes.
0: I mean, no, I, I don't agree with that. I think that the the end of the movie is is big because that they like again plot points happen that send it to that point, but. The middle of the movie is crucial. Um,
1: You know, this isn't like Last Jedi where the middle of the movie is like, blah. You know what? Hot take. I'm going to say it for the first time on this podcast. Last Jedi, which I was really not having, I think it's my third favorite Star Wars movie now. Wow. Wow. You were really not having it in the theater. I had to fight uh-huh. you. I had to, like yeah. afterwards. Like we couldn't spend no. time together. I'm like very happy to say that like I think I was wrong, and I like really love that movie. I love the beginning and the end of that movie a lot. I kind of love the middle too. Uh, um, anyway, uh, End Game,
0: really, really well done, and and I'll continue to fight hard for it. And I think that uh, dare I say that Robert Downey Jr. should get nominated for something oh, at Jesus the Sinkies?
1: Lady. Oh, at the Sinkies, sure, but. This Oscar buzz for Robert Downey Jr., who, like, does the same thing he's done in every single... He's very good at it. He's really good at it. He's good because you all have this, this 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 feeling about him, which is great, and I think that When
0: Return of the King happened,
1: did we not say that we should
0: acknowledge a lot of those people who we hadn't acknowledged for 1 and 2 because for the totality of what they did for the three films? No, but I
1: I would, here's who I would argue should have been nominated for Return of the King. Andy Serkis, who gives a great performance in that movie, and Sean For the totality, because Two Towers he's just as, he's even more. Sure, it. but he gives a great performance in that movie as and well. And so as does Robert Downey in Endgame. I, I don't don't think so. I think that they give him a great out, and his his final moment. Spoiler! In Endgame, spoiler! spoiler. Everybody's seen this movie. Okay. His out started. in the movie is 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 very satisfying. I I will not deny that. But that doesn't make it a good performance. Yeah. He he barely does anything.
0: All right. Well, we're disagreeing on that. Um, okay, what's your next one? What's your four?
1: Okay, my four is, um, it's called The Souvenir. It's another A24 movie. Shocker. This you want is... Do to work for them? Let's.
0: You should. I should, right? You should so
1: work for Five them. Five movies I have on Legit, here. Legit,
0: though, you should work for them.
1: Uh, um, Great. We're uh, going to start that campaign. Come on, team. Let's do it. Uh, it's directed by Joanna Hogg. Literally, the amount of excellent movies that have been directed by women this year are, like, really fantastic. It's, like, half my half my list. So this is a movie about the theme of this year, a lot of movies this year that I've seen, the theme of this year is like toxic relationships between people. Um, But this is a movie about this very young woman who's going to film school and she's, and that stuff honestly like hit home with me a lot just because like how inarticulate did we feel when we started out? You know, you have all this passion for something like, being at school, yeah. drama school, having gone to drama school, and you can't fully articulate it, like, because you're not... Equipped to... Equipped what? enough. So yeah. you have all this energy, and you have all this passion, and you have all these ideas that are, like, sort of half-baked, and you're very passionate about them, but you can't articulate them in a way that, like, the execution is good. So that really hit home for me, but that's, like, only half of what the movie's about, because then she falls in love into this relationship with this older man who gives... They both do. So it's Tilda Swinton's daughter. This is her first movie. Gosh, she's in. She's incredible in it. And then this guy named Tom Burke, I think his name is. Um, let me make sure. Yeah, Tom Burke. No, um, it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. And the only way he's just this infuriating. He's so charming. He's like this British guy. He's sort of like this. He's like if you were dating like Simon Cowell. He just is, like, he's so, but he's so, like, he's so, like, mean. Like, there's this scene where they're both in bed and he's, like, So last night, uh, you crept over toward my end of the bed, and I had no room. So if you could move back over. She's, like, I don't have any. He's, like, no, no, I don't have any room. I'm up against the wall here. And it's, like, this whole thing. What? It's so, it's, like, and you're just, like, you're also just, like, you know, we all. She's really young, and we fall. We fall for these people who are like older, or whatever. I don't know. Not necessarily us, but like it's an accessible thing. And so it's that relationship happening at the same time as the as her growth as an artist. And then you find out this sort of like deep dark secret about this guy. It's um really really lovely. He has a <laughs> box. He has a <laughs> box. It's also shot like a period drama, but it takes place in the eighties because it's sort of the memory of this director. So that's quite sort of an interesting, juxt- like it feels. It looks like it's like the King's Speech, but like, it's in the eighties.
0: Sounds like it might have the King and little Colin Firth action, action. With how you uh, describe him.
1: Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah. Uh, okay. Third movie on mine is Us. Yes. It's Us on yours? No. Okay, so we ha- we're gonna have three. Then. It's my number eleven. We're gonna have. three... Three then okay, uh yeah us, uh okay so, um I'm really sad. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm really sad this isn't in your top ten. I can say a lot of
1: good things about it.
0: I I know I know, it is it um, it is a movie that like, I've said this on the podcast before and I'll say it again. When movies set up shop in your mind, like they just sit there. It's like they take out a lawn chair and they sit in your mind. For whatever reason, I've understood more and more that that is a, a a tattoo of greatness. That's a sign of greatness on the film. And this movie just... I could not stop thinking about it. And I saw it a second time, and I saw it a third time. I saw it... I haven't seen a movie three times in theaters in a while. I'm excited to see and, it. And I think that... There's a lot of themes that are interesting while also just being a movie about what it is about. Uh, And I think it's a movie that people take away different things. I've had uh, countless conversations about it. And it's so interesting what people project onto it and what people don't project onto it. And another sign of a movie that's really good. And similar to *Midsummer*, where lots of good conversation about it. And I just thought it was so fun. It was so fun, so crazy, and it really is, like, if, I just think the second that a filmmaker makes a second movie that's different from the first one, but also still, like, obviously with their fingerprints on it, that's the sign that, like, they're here to stay. It's it's easy, it's not easy, but there's a lot of people who have made one good movie when, that's your first movie, and then your second movie is fantastic as well. Yeah, I think there's a sign that like this, this is, uh, this is something we're gonna be blessed with for a while. And I think Jordan Peele making movies is one of those things. And I also think Lupita, who I've always liked Lupita,
1: I've I mean, never she's unreal in Twelve Years a Slave.
0: Uh, I know, but I, she but hasn't like had a movie since she hasn't had like a lead role. I've never, I, 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 I thought she was unreal in Twelve Years a Slave. Like clearly, like comes out, you know. But I don't know. Really, I've never felt this like. Like, oh, she is someone that I have to go and see, But I guess. what has she been and, in? Uh, she did that Liam Neeson on a plane movie. She did... Sure, but uh, you saw that and nobody else. Well, I saw, she played a flight attendant. She's been in a lot of things. This is her first... She was on this, Broadway. This is,
1: yes, yes, yes. This is weirdly her first starring role post-12 no, Years a Slave. No, because she's in Black Panther. She's not the star of that movie. Yeah, I mean, she's a supporting part in 12 Years a Slave. That's what I mean, though. I'm saying that that was that was one of the most what striking debuts in? of an actress. Is she in? Let's I feel look like this up.
0: she's in Black Panther. Anyway, we can. She's never had a lead in a
1: movie though, and she is incredible.
0: In <sighs> yes, this movie. and the point is, I she is unbelievable in this movie, and I think she should. I really, 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 really want her to get nominated for an
1: Oscar. I think she will. I hope so. I really Pretty do. positive she will.
0: What's your number three?
1: Well, I want to say something about us because okay. I because de- I want to defend that it's not in my top eleven. I just think the movie. Was it, twelve for you? It's my 11th. Oh, okay. Um, I think the movie is... I just... I was kind of watching it and just being like, well, I really like this performance. I think the writing of it is just really sloppy. I felt so talked down to when he over-explained the twist at the end. And then it sort of opened up a whole bunch of plot holes that I was just like, ah, I don't understand. I didn't know what the movie... I was like, I'm excited to watch it again and like maybe change my mind about it. And I like a lot of movies that I do feel similarly are a hot mess. I think it's a hot mess of a movie. I don't think that that means that a movie is bad. Sure. But lot the of- other parts of the movie, the, the I never, there was never a moment in the movie where I was like, aside from the very beginning, where I was like, oh, this is, I love this. I was kind of like the whole time being like, is this, what is this? Like, now it's like sort of the strangers, and we're in the house, and now it's turning into this sort of. And now there's like this fight scene that's intercut with like a ballet that feels like it's just happening because it looks pretty. I was just kind of like, I don't. I kind of loved how it evolved. I loved
0: how it evolved from like horror setup to then we're just gonna go ki- like kind of like kicking ass and doing a bunch of stuff like that. It it kind of evolved yeah, in its own I mean, way. A Wore that. a bunch of gloves. Uh, I, I do think that there's like there's a lot of ideas in it. There is there is one plot hole that I think is so like it does not make sense. Uh, it what does not make sense is all the people underground wearing the same shit as the people above ground. That makes no sense when you show the flashback to all the people at the roller coaster place. Like the, the underground world is not explained well enough, and it makes no sense that like they're wearing the same things. How big is this? Where are all these places? That side of things is so easy to poke holes in. So I had to, especially on the second viewing, be like, just let go of that and just...
1: And that's what I mean about the, like, a hot... You, you can love a movie that's a hot mess. Like, I love Swiss Army Man, but there are enough moments... Rent in, is a
0: hot mess of a musical, and I love it.
1: Sure. Um, but, like, um, but like Swiss Army Man, there's just so many moments in it that I'm like, oh, man, I love this, I love this, I love this. This is moving me, this is making me laugh. And I just never... No, nothing ever connected with me and us. Sure. Um, What's your number three? My number three is this Chinese movie called Ash's Purest White, which is so excellent. It's called Ash is Purest White. Not Ass's Purest White.
0: Ass is Purest White. Um, I really wanted that one.
1: So it's a Chinese movie, uh, has this incredible performance in it by. Um, Oakjet. No. Okay. Just constantly trying to. By Zhao Tao, her name is. She's married to the director of the movie. Basically what the movie is, is it's about, like, the criminal underworld of China um, over this long period of time. It's a super epic movie. And she plays this woman who's basically, like, the girlfriend of, like, a mob boss in China. And then she winds up taking the blame for something that happens and going to serving a long ass sentence for it whereas he doesn't serve a very long sentence for it and then the rest of the movie is kind of about like what is their relationship now she goes looking for him there's this heartbreaking scene in a hotel room that happens about midway through it and as this is happening you're seeing like the evolution of China it's kind of this movie about like how every like while you're doing X the rest of the world is kind of like going on with its business and she's um She's dealing with that in the world and also dealing with that with her ex-boyfriend. There's like a lot of like wonderful moments in it. It's a great movie. She's awesome. That's awesome. That's the movie. Ash is Purest White. Ash is Purest White. It is a Chinese movie. Gotta check it Not out. Not A24.
0: I didn't know you'd seen this movie. I've heard nothing about this movie. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. It's really good. When did you see this? I just watched it the other day. Oh wow. Uh, my number two movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, the more I marinate on it, the more I think it's a top three, top four Tarantino movie. Um, uh, what's your number two? My
1: number two is The Farewell, which is the oh really? Un- it's that high. Oh, it's so good. I knew you liked it a lot. Um, is it another a twenty four movie starring Aquafina? Do you know what it's about? Um, no. The Farewell is about so Aquafina is this Chinese American uh, woman uh, who lives in New York, I believe, at the beginning. Um, and then she gets the news, basically, that her grandmother, who they call Nai Nai, her Nai Nai, is dying. Uh, she's going to die, and they, the, the practice that they employ, which is a thing that happens in China, apparently, is that they tell the, the dying person a lie. They're like, they don't tell her that she's dying. So they all, the whole family goes for this wedding. In China and they don't tell this is real this is based on the director Lulu Wang uh who's dating Barry Jenkins um her real life this actually happened in her in her life which is that <coughs> oh no you got choked up <coughs> yeah okay Go. Keep so going. they go back to China the whole family for this <coughs> wedding that is it's it's a real wedding but like the the reason that it's happening is so that they can all say goodbye to the Ni- grandma, to nai, nai even though nai nai doesn't know that she's dying um oh my gosh so it is it's like it's just so it is such a wonderful movie it has sort of like big sick vibes where you're just like i just want to be with these people it's like the best ensemble of the year i think um Aquafina is so good in it, but also the woman who plays Nai Nai, Zhao Shuzhen, I'm butchering her name, is incredible in it. It's just a really, it's so funny and it's so sad. And there's, it's it's just like, it's such a weird, you know, such a weird thing that happened. But also there was, I went to, I have been getting to go to all these SAG screenings, shout out to Patrick Ryan of USA Today. And, um, uh, they were talking after the movie and they were like, there were people in the audience, which I didn't even think about. They were like, "Does Lulu, who's the director. Well, I actually, I shouldn't say that. I'm going to retract that. I'm going to retract that statement. Anyway, you should see this movie. You should edit that part out of the podcast. But anyway, you should see the movie. It's great. Super great. (laughs) <laughs> awesome
0: no I, I'm glad I'm glad you redacted something so that I can enjoy that yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh,
1: and my number one movie of the year is wait 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 I have no idea what it is yes you do oh yeah yeah yeah, I do, I
0: do. it's Booksmart, which apparently is being labeled as a flop which hurts me it like really hurts box me box office wise cause box office wise I'm curious what the final numbers are but I think it did well it didn't
1: do great it didn't do great though which is a bummer
0: it's a bummer because that
1: movie I was setting
0: it. up I'm kind of setting up in the corner of I am going to continually in my top 10 pick comedies that I freaking love because I don't think comedies are respected enough and and I just think a really great comedy deserves to be just it just deserves to be shouted out and it deserves to be respected and it deserves to get accolades and book smart is I've never seen a movie I, it just i'm not being very articulate it is the first of its kind in so many ways for what it does and it's not a crazy unique idea it's just that when have we ever watched like women take the lead on a super bad movie and 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 done in today's age it's not stuck in anything in the past like it is so of today, and it is so funny, and it deals with things today, and yeah, there are, like, there's, like, two things that are going on in the movie that I don't love, like, I don't love what goes on with their teacher, like, um, Mm. I don't love that thing. Yeah, it's a little
1: rough around the edges. It is rougher on
0: the edges, but, like, I, I'm not shitting you, I'm not shitting you when I say, I walked into that theater, and for the entire time I was in there, I was laughing so hard it hurt, and... The the rich kid, he is, like, one of the funniest guys He's ever. on my sinkiest
1: list right he's now. He's
0: so, so good. I've never been, like, so mad that I didn't play a character as that. Like, he's so, so funny. And he's... It's just... It, it's it's a special movie. And, and I think I've always been like, yeah, Beanie Feldstein's great. You know, kind of just like... But really just kind of... I've never really been affected by anything. She's so funny in this. And so is Caitlin... Um, What's her name? Dever.
1: Dever. Devers?
0: Yeah, well, Dever. No, no I mean,
1: I didn't talk much about this movie, but, like, it is... It It is is just so good. And it's
0: such a heart. Like, such heart. And it also... It takes a couple really good left turns that I didn't see coming. Um, And uh, it's excellent. And Olivia Wilde, again, another female director, slays. And she does a really, really good job. And uh, I'm excited to see what she does next. And... Um, It's my number one movie, and that might be dethroned, but, uh, you know, I love it a lot.
1: I love it. Love that. Love that for you. I thought it was going to be Endgame, though. No. I have predicted Endgame.
0: I don't think you can, because Endgame is just uh, a continuation of, like, it's the final season of a TV show, yeah?
1: Sure. Um, My number one is Endgame. My number one is the Peanut Butter Falcon. No. My number one is Midsummer. Oh
0: great! I was literally like, "What are you doing?" I was like, <laughs> "I am very excited for Peanut Butter Falcon, which you hated, but we'll, we'll talk yeah, about." Yeah, we got to
1: talk about that later because I'm not—I don't want to say I hate it. I mean, it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, there are so many noble things about that movie. I mean, it's—it's it's, in a way, it's kind of groundbreaking. I just was kind of like, I thought this movie was gonna be good, <laughs> as well as being Peanut Butter Falcon is the new Shia LaBeouf movie. With a with a, the and the lead, in it has Down Syndrome yes. in real life and plays a Down Syndrome kid. Yeah. It is one of the most bizarre movies I feel like I've ever seen. I don't even I even forgot that I watched it. Um, Midsummer, I just can't. I can't. I saw Midsummer the second time I saw Midsummer in the movie theater. I just was watching it and I was like sh- so shook by how every single moment I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember this part. 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 And I was like, this everything in the movie just feels so instantly classic to me in a weird way in the same way that like wizard of Oz feels like a classic to me just like i it's i i i haven't seen in like a long time a sort of like movie that made me feel like i was like this is this is everything the reason why i why i go to the movies Mm -hmm. it just feels epic it's funny as hell it's freaky it's bizarre it makes you think it's a really weird sort of way to deal with like i mean because really spoiler is what the movie is like ultimately about is like this girl loses her family she's stuck in this bad relationship because she can't get out. she is unwilling to get out of it she then it's a complete it's a not complacent uh codependent relationship and she winds up falling into another codependent... It's, like, sort of, like, a nightmare vision of, like, what codependency can do to a person. Sure. Um, I don't know. I love it. I can't wait to watch it a thousand more times. And that's my pitch on it. It feels, to me, like, even if you don't like it, it feels to me sort of like the must-see movie of the year. Is that very, sort of wrong? You should... You have to be... Because you
0: want to be in on the conversation about it. You know, we had a friend over the other night who, who's who been on the podcast. is a friend of the podcast, Brian Muller. Um, And, you know, even he did not like the movie, and yet hours and hours of discussion about it. You want to be in on the conversation. And, you know, I think that's good. I think that it elicits a strong response is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not going to be for anything. The first thing I texted you after I saw it was like, I cannot believe this movie is releasing wide. Because yeah, it's-, it's so... I mean, the first... I was so pissed off because the first time I saw it, I saw it in my hometown of Williamsport, with all these people who thought it was going to be just like, you know, a horror movie. And they their aggravation at the movie was so clear that I felt kind of bad laughing cuz nobody was laughing in this theater. Yeah. And then and then you see it in New York and everybody's cracking up. There because are so many things to crack up about. That it's movie. so funny. And probably and even... the most
0: iconic sex scene ever.
1: And yeah, that's was, so funny. But also, there is—it's even funnier the second time you see it because you know where it's all going. Like you know, like
0: yeah, you know, gosh. like where it's yeah. And also, that movie is so a horror film. I was horrified that whole movie.
1: <laughs> that yeah, is I the you know, definition you know it, of you know horror. what I mean. I yeah, think, yeah, I think sure, people have course. a very un- obnoxiously narrow view of what horror is, and it means jump scares and and being on the edge of your seat gosh. and like. But I don't think, I think it's not for nothing that, like, every horror movie that comes out, audiences are like, the ending sucks. And it's like, you know what, that that sort of happens, and it's because they, they think of these sort of simple... They, they don't the know recipe. what they want. They don't know what they're they like, want. They're like,
0: well, this is my, this is my, what I like with my chocolate chip cookies, and they right. want chocolate chip cookies, and like, if it doesn't match with their recipe, they're like, well, this is the better recipe. You know yeah,
1: it's just kind of like I, I want someone to, t- I want like a sort of like average moviegoer who like always hates the ending of horror movies to tell me the end of a horror movie that they like. Because I don't, I'm just kind of like, you don't know what you want. The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember the ending. I'm sure it's good. I okay. like that movie. Make but... it out okay. Oh, okay. Got you it. You want people to make it out okay. You don't want everyone to make it out okay, but you want people to make it out. Some out people okay. want everyone to. I want something interesting and surprising to happen at the
0: end of a movie. I want I want, <laughs> Midsummer I wanted some people to make it out of the day. I wanted she to be I wanted her at the end of Midsummer, you know what would have been cathartic at the end of Midsummer? If she would have been like, yo, I'm not gonna burn your ass, we're gonna leave here and spoilers, we're breaking spoilers, up.
1: Spoilers, spoilers. Sorry, I'll put spoilers at the But table. it's not um You already said spoilers for this. Sure. See
0: the movie But I wasn't gonna
1: ruin the ending. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I guess I did say spoilers. Okay, cool, so that's uh the ten. Yeah. Gonna okay, be Sinky's time soon enough. Can't wait. Be on the lookout for best big thing in a movie. The <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen know any, know any big things? Like, Have I seen any big things I'm in a movie? I'm on the lookout when I see movies. Oh, you know what else? I wanted to give, I'm being you, and I want to give an honorable mention. There, there are two movies out with Indian leads about m- musicians, past musicians. One of them was basically a flop. That was yesterday about the Beatles. The other one was this critic's darling before it came out, "Blinded by the Light," which is Bruce Springsteen. "Blinded by the Light" is not the better one. "Blinded by the Light" is kind of not very good. You like yesterday? Yesterday I liked. I don't understand the 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 hate for it. Kate McKinnon's character is is a uh, is a mess in it. But it's a sweet movie. I also like the Beatles mean like everything to me. So you start playing yesterday and I like I'm a mess. You didn't see yesterday. No, I saw I tomorrow. Mean, yeah, I saw tomorrow. It's not a movie. Anyway, I would also recommend seeing Toy Story 4.
0: I kept telling you. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: great. That's, that's a, it though. That's it. That's all she How, Wait, 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 big thing in a movie. Have you seen anything? Uh, I'm constantly aware when I watch them. I'm like, where's the big thing? Where's the big thing in the movie? It's just Oprah. It's just continually. I know, it's, it's hard never. to beat Oprah. Uh,
0: best big thing in a movie, The Rock's biceps in Hobbs and Shaw.
1: Sure. Um, Those are good. That's good. The uh, the twist in Serenity is pretty big. Qu- Taren- Qu- and-
0: Tarantino's ego?
1: Yeah, Always. Taron Ed- Edgerton's uh, thighs, through those pants, massive, massive thighs, big yes. things in a movie, big big thighs. The big. big thing at the end of Midsummer, the the church that they all go into. Oh yeah. That something happens to the the head hammer, that's very
0: big. The the head hammer in Midsummer's is pretty big. A lot of big things. Uh, the um the cloud suit that the incest boy wears in Midsummer, Pretty big. The clown suit. The clown. Where he's like sitting in the puff chair. Oh,
1: that is such a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, her flower dress. Oh my god. Best that's, big thing. That's the best big thing in the movie. The flower dress. The May is Queen. Like, the May Queen. The May... It's just Midsommar <laughs> The I forgot. Obviously, that is incredible. Whoever... But the flower just like... The ah. flower dress, whoever... And when she's like... <laughs> like crying coughing at the end and running around in it <laughs> and she's just like tripping over it and you're like why am I crying and also laughing and also so upset gosh so upset um we'll yeah. leave you with that oh my gosh we'll leave you with that we'll leave you with that
0: alright uh catch you next time may the force be with you alright thanks for listening uh just so you guys know we obviously have a few more movies to add to this list but we wanted to give you an up to date top ten heading into September We've seen a few since then and can't wait to update this list. Kyle's been literally seeing every movie known to man. So I'm sure we'll be hitting you with another top 10 very, very soon. Stefan, hit him with those sweet, sweet tunes.